Hello and welcome to Say What You Mean, a show dedicated to Jake, Jake, and Jake. In this episode, we'll be talking about Jake and Jake's thoughts, because Jake is all by himself, because Jeff had some stuff come up. So, I am titling this episode, Jake's Thoughts with Jake, and it's all going to be about Jake and Jake's thoughts, which is me, I am Jake, and these are my thoughts. So, with that, um, I would think it's going to be fun to just, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm just honestly going to ramble. I'm just going to ramble about anything that pops into my mind, things I've had thoughts about today, things I had thoughts about yesterday, things I'm thinking about currently as I'm doing this. And let me tell you, it is really, really hard to do an hour by yourself. I do it for To The Republic, but I kind of like have a topic that I've set for myself in its like history or politics, and I can kind of riff on that for a while, and like I have background knowledge. I have, I mean, we all have a lot of thoughts and a lot of stuff that goes through our brains on a daily basis, but trying to actually put those thoughts together and then put them out in a way that makes that people would understand or even find interesting, I don't understand how people do it. Like, I don't understand how people who are like, who do radio by like by themselves for a living, like, especially like sports talk radio people, you know what I mean? Like, if if you listen to sports talk radio, there are guys who will just go on for three hours a day by themselves and just talk and give their opinions on stuff that they either have no idea, probably most of the time have no idea what they're talking about, but like Colin, Colin Coward, one of the most annoying, annoying people to listen to, but he's so good at it. And then when I'm trying to sit here and do this, I've started this episode, no joke, at least four times. This is my, I think my fifth attempt. And... By the time I get done with this, I'll probably have erased it and started over again. So we might, you actually might be listening to the seventh or eighth attempt. Who I, this is so difficult to do by yourself. So bear with me. Um, I hope that you guys enjoy this. Um, like I said, uh, Jeff will be back next week. Thank God, because um, one, I miss my co-host. Two, um, he does all of. He basically does everything for this show, and I am completely lost without him it's taken me forever just to even plug in my microphone and figure out how all that works so um jeff really uh without him this show doesn't exist so i hope you guys all stick with me because we were out of to the republic and frankly i know you guys don't really like to the republic although um i enjoy it i enjoy putting it out um it is a lot of it is a lot of work uh doing all the editing and putting in the um putting in the the ads which i i always have to laugh because i put in like it's always so weird for me to put in uh pot uh, ads for a pot company because i've never smoked before in my life nothing against smoking weed it's just so funny to me to be like especially when me and jeff first started to the republic we were recording the ad spots for uh new uh, there is called it was it was it's called craft cannabis now but when it first sponsored kxw the radio station it was called uh new vansterdam and we were recording it and like i was saying stuff like um <laughs> it's like and you can buy uh tinct- tinctures and all this other like and marijuana paraphernalia and I'm like, I don't even know what that stuff was. And Kylie was just roasting me, like hearing Jake Jokum talking about selling like tinctures and other marijuana products. Uh, it was uh, it was definitely weird. It was definitely weird. 
Um, anyway, that it's to the Republic. All of that is just such a is such a weird kind of weird thing that me and Jeff started. And I'm so glad that we started it. But uh, I didn't want to stick you guys with another episode. We did have one backlog, but we were, we're trying to save that for because there's a lot coming up. I've got a kid coming. Uh, Jeff has got some big trips planned. Um, I don't know if I if, if he I think he says that he's going to Disneyland. Hopefully, I didn't just ruin that for Cheyenne if she's listening. Um, but, uh, hey, stuff comes up, family stuff comes up and family always comes first. So, uh, here's me, um, just rambling. So I hope you guys do like this episode. Um, anyway, uh, some interesting things I was, I was thinking about, I was just thinking about this today. We always get into those. I think it's, it's one thing. It's always easy to get into Instagram scrolls. If you start looking, I don't have TikTok. But Instagram and Facebook have like a bastardized version of TikTok where you can still pull up shorts. I think a lot of it is still pulled from TikTok, but God, it's garbage. It's just absolutely garbage. But yet I can't look away. Why? Why? I don't understand why. But one thing that I like, I'm like, I, I had to stop and I'm like, Jake, you're, you're being ridiculous here. Uh, there was, there's this one trend that's going around and it's like, it's always, it's just, it's just girl's voice and it's a girl doing something like this one i just saw and i've seen like five or six different variations of this video but it's a girl doing something on a computer i don't know what and it says girls who get it get it girls who don't don't and i don't i'm like i don't get it i'm like i don't get it like why don't i get it and then i'm trying to google what is it that i don't get and then i'm like i still don't get it like I'll see somebody break, and then there's then there's breakdowns of that somebody breaking it down or doing a reaction video to it, and they're fake laughing, and I'm like, this is stupid. Why don't I? But I'm more mad that I don't get it. Like, and then I'm like, wait, it's supposed to be girls who get it get it, and girls who don't don't. And I'm not a girl, so obviously I mean, I don't get it. I don't know, but I I don't understand TikTok. And I don't understand Instagram, and I must sound just absolutely just ancient right now, and that's totally fine. But I watch way too many of these things, and I find myself just wasting away a half hour just watching absolutely nothing. There's this other like video of this couple. I don't know. They're like in their early twenties, and I think they just like uh, Kylie always makes fun of me for like watching this. It's because um, it's so staged, but I think it. It's like this girl will give her boyfriend like, um, like inter like, what's the worst way you could introduce me to like introduce yourself to my dad for the first time? And then he comes in and he says like some ridiculous things. He's like, uh, like, oh, it's cool that we have the same nickname, Daddy. And then I I don't it's I don't know I don't know I don't get it I don't know why I. I don't, I don't understand the fascination with these, but yet I still watch them and I hate myself for it. It's, it's a, it's a self-perpetuating cycle of hatred because I watch them and then I hate myself, but then I can't stop watching them and I don't know why, but especially I, I the other thing I get is a, a lot because I'm, I'm into, I, I do a lot of hiking. I do a lot of photography. And, and if you follow me on Instagram or you listen to us a lot, I've, I've talked about it a lot. It's, it's a really therapeutic thing for me. It's something that has really helped me with my own mental health. Um, but because I follow a lot of hiking and photography pages, there's a lot of reels that get posted now um, of any, literally anybody who buys a brand new like North face jacket and wears 
uh, leggings, and then they videotape themselves at like the most basic of places, Multnomah Falls or Cannon Beach, to some weird, um, to like some weird music that they've pulled from. Like I've seen uh, "Hold Back the River" by James Bay, other like um, kind of folk songs that then get remixed and then specifically for tiktok or specifically for instagram and then they get posted to these outdoorsy videos and they have like ten thousand likes and ultimately the only reason why i hate it is because i can't pull those i mean i can't pull those kind of likes off of my photos so part of me is like this is really annoying like the only reason why this person is getting those those likes is because well i mean instagram hot is a thing and you can be professionally hot that goes for girls and guys um and good for them, but it's just so, it's honestly just so annoying. Um, anyway, because I'm just so devoid of topics, because I don't have, I don't have my partner in crime to kind of bounce stuff off of and have conversation flow naturally, I went and googled 100 interesting topics to talk about with adults and kids. So for all of you adults and kids listening, um, I'm just going to go through some of these and, um, just kind of uh, pick a topic within the topic and just kind of riff on it for a little bit. I think the, the number one is family. So for those of you who don't know, my f- um, who've probably heard me talk about my dad quite a bit, uh, my family is uh, very, depending on the side of my family, is very different. Um, and it's, I think it, it's, helped me in a lot of ways, but it's also been, uh, interesting in a lot of ways. Um, my, my parents' side of the, my, my dad, my parents' side of the family, my dad's side of the family, um, comes from a very, uh, rural construction background. Um, and my mom's side of the family, his, I mean, historically they've, they both, both families of sides of the family have come from the Dakotas. Um, but like my mom's side of the family, very much more, um, uh, much more, uh, I don't even know how to say it. They're all college, very all college educated, um, much more, um, much more urban, I would say. And it's definitely very contrasting styles. And, uh, in kind of having to learn to live in the middle of both of those has kind of allowed me to code switch a bit, like knowing how to navigate, very informal gatherings and then also very formal gatherings and being comfortable in both of those situations, but also with my never ending social anxiety, also never really feeling comfortable in either situation. Um, so it's, it's one, like the, the jokums are very, very loud. It's one of the reasons why I have early hearing loss is that everybody yells, whether they're happy, angry, excited, sad everybody just it's it's yelling it's yelling across the the house at like instead of quietly walking into and this is one of the things that took Kylie a long time to uh figure (laughs) to get used to with my family and it's so funny hearing her talk about it now because like growing up it was it, it was if I wanted to get a whole if I wanted to get my mom's attention or ask my mom a question and I was in one room and my mom was in the other room or I was in the basement and my mom was upstairs I would just yell mom or dad or Sarah 
and they would yell back and then we would just yell at each other whatever it is that we needed to <laughs> to communicate where i mean i think logic would more dictate that we would get our asses up and go walk into the other room and in a normal voice ask our question but that never really seemed to uh, to compute with with my uh, with my family um where as the the Westbys, much more Westbys is my mom's maiden name, and that's uh, the side of the family. That's my mom's side of the family. Um, and growing up with them, because we always would kind of split, uh, we'd always split holidays, and it was always um, it was always much more subdued, much more quiet, um, much more conversation driven um, versus. Like story driven, um, it, it's one thing with one thing I, I, like high context cultures versus um, versus low context cultures. Uh, high context cultures usually share meaning through through storytelling, and that's definitely something that is very more much more prevalent. I think in in rural rural cultures, um, people who who grow up more more rurally, where there's more oral tradition, um, and things are like lessons and um history are passed down through through stories and they use stories as in 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 anecdotes to to connect and anecdotes to to make their to make their broader points about certain things whereas growing up with the westbys it was always much more like um it was much more uh conversation based and not necessarily so much storytelling as it was um I guess like a opinion, fact-based stuff. It, it just felt it, it was a much more. Um, I don't really know how to. I really don't know how to say it in, in a way. I don't want it to sound. I don't want to make either side these sides sound uh, wrong or bad. It was just a very interesting way to grow up, and I and I don't know if if there's anybody else there I can really really relate to that. But kind of thinking um thinking on my 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 past a bit, it was it was definitely a. An interesting way to to grow up um and i definitely am thankful for having both of those very contrasting environments um when i was younger i it was weird when i was younger i always wanted to be with the jokums because it was loud it was fun we were playing cards they you know, we were six seven years old playing cards for money um and then as I got older, I I think I, I enjoyed being at the Westby's more uh, because I enjoyed the more um, uh, in, in the more intimate one on one conversations. I guess that's how, more I guess I, how I should like describe the West Westby family gathering. It's instead of everybody sitting at one really large table, all shouting down the table at each other, everybody being loud and talking over each other. It was more like one-on-one convers. The Westbys was more one-on-one conversations, and I, I think that I I like. Um, I think I learned a lot of good lessons from from that. I, I learned how to um, how to handle myself and 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 be comfortable when there's a lot going on, but then also being able to sit down and have a an an, an intimate one-on-one conversation and. Uh, being able to to go back and forth and how in in uh, in that so um anyway I, I just that was just one thing I was really thinking about uh, when I when I saw family is like how do families communicate and I just thought about kind of sharing my experience with my own family so um, with that 
So with that, the number two thing on the list of 100 great topics to talk about is the weather. Um, always the thing that I, I swear, like, no, you always hear like the joke and it's always a cliche. It's like when you have nothing to talk about, you just talk about the weather. Like, and I do this all of the time, um, even like consciously after it's, it comes out of my mouth at work, especially if I'm when I'm helping the public, I... I will be like, oh man, this weather is crazy, right? Oh, Pacific Northwest weather. <laughs> like everybody who's grown up and lived in the Pacific Northwest knows it rains here, right? Like it's not, it's, it's why I just, it's so frustrating. It's so weird that I do that. I did it today. I was helping somebody. Um, they were here from uh, Ireland and they were getting a social security number for the first time. And I was like, oh, welcome to the, I'm like, how's, I'm like, I was like, oh, hey, how's it going? And they're like, oh, good. And like, I was like, they're like, oh, I can't complain too much. And I'm like, oh, how the you know, this weather though? It's raining a ton. I'm like, welcome to the Pacific Northwest. Ha ha ha. And they had like somebody who was like, a, I think their sponsor from the work because they were coming here on a work visa. And uh, they're like, yeah, like how crazy is this, is this weather? And I'm st- and I'm thinking in my head and I can't stop myself. It's like, why are you talking about the weather? You dumb dumb. Like how cliche is that? Like you don't have anything else to talk about. So you're going to talk about the weather. But yet I'm like, I can't help myself and just weather related facts or weather related anecdotes just start spewing out of my mouth like I'm some dumbass and I'm like oh like last year in June it's 115 degrees and then this year it's snow in April like I can't predict it (laughs) dumbass anyway um I just why do we always I just don't understand why we always talk about the weather but yet it's like the one thing that regardless of like who you are where you are um just to break silence um to try to in some way find some sort of connection with the person in front of us, we have to comment on the weather. Um, that being said, how crazy is the weather though? Really? Um, I, it, it's, it, it's weird to me. I was having, I was having dinner with some of my coworkers last week and none of them are from here and in in, from Oregon. They're not from Oregon. They weren't born here in Oregon or Washington. They're uh, transplants. And there's a lot of like, they're like, wow, you're actually somebody, and that's something I hate hearing. It's like, oh, you were actually born here, and it's like, yeah, I was born here. Um, it's a, it's annoying to me because you, you really don't actually meet that many people who were, who actually are from here. A lot of people have moved here, and I mean, it's just a. Sh- it's not. I mean, I guess it shouldn't be shocking for how 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 the population explosion that's happened here. Just drive through Ridgefield now, and every, I swear, every field that I grew up. Uh, um, every field I grew up drive, driving by or hunting in as a kid is now a subdivision. Um, but they were talking like, oh, like how's um, like they're complaining about it raining and stuff. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, that's just Pacific Northwest weather, right? Like this time of year you wear um, because the weather changes and it's so schizophrenic. You wear a Columbia, you wear a Columbia rain jacket with cargo shorts and then either tennis shoes or flip flops and a hat. Like that's just. I mean, that is a very Pacific Northwest. I didn't realize that that is a very Pacific Northwest. Like, that's a unique to a Pacific Northwest dress code until you go to the East Coast and you realize how out of place you look getting off the plane in D.C. And everybody is wearing suits um, or, like, 
at least at minimum like slacks and a polo just walk like just walking around downtown dc completely dressed up and i'm sitting there in cargo shorts and a columbia sportswear jacket like why are you wearing because everybody has umbrellas one thing interesting about dc is that everybody has umbrellas nobody wears a raincoat and like you don't see umbrellas anywhere and i almost i think it's almost like a like it's it would be embarrassing for a northwesterner to walk around with an umbrella and I say that with all of the irony as I'm that I did a whole photo series on having a yellow umbrella and there's I like I kind of like having an umbrella. I will never use it in Pacific Northwest, but when I was in DC, I rocked that umbrella cuz I wanted to fit in. Screw me, I'm a chameleon. Um but it's it's such it was it's such a weird um how we dress to accommodate the weather here is like so foreign it's such a foreign way to dress across the country and um and i'm 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 definitely happy to have lived to live in the pacific northwest because i like wearing i like that look i think the look of of uh of shorts and rain jacket is a great i think it's a great look it's a very comfortable look you can take that jacket off and you got a t-shirt underneath it because well, hell, weather changes around here and changes like crazy. I mean, I think just today oh, there was uh, it was pouring, sunny, pouring, sunny, and you know what? I was dressed for it, so sue me. Uh, next topic is so I'm going to skip over uh, work and what you eat because I think everybody everybody has heard me talk about my work. Um, I worked at Fisherman's Marine forever. You can go back to our old episodes and listen to like a bit that that I used to do uh, that Jeff created. I had a whole awesome little intro to it. It was called uh, Counterculture because I worked at a gun counter and I would talk about the crazy shit that would happen there. And, uh, and, and then now I work at the Social Security Administration and uh, I love being a public servant. Um, but I... Uh, Jeff and I talk about work enough. I'm just going to skip over that one. The next one is like, what do I eat? Everybody knows I eat sandwiches. I have a very, very basic uh, food palette. I don't really venture out. I am known as Kylie's sister calls me chicken strip guy. And that's basically what I am. I eat basic. I eat basic food, but I like I, I like what I like. It, whatever. Um, so here's one. Here's I'll stop at number seven. This is uh, places to go. So. I think that um, it's easy to really kind of fall in a rut, and I think it's it's easy to just continue to go to the same thing, to the same places that we're used to going because familiarity, and especially me, who's like naturally just kind of uh, dispositionally conservative. Uh, I like what I like. It's just why it's why I pretty much eat sandwiches everywhere I go. I just went to, uh, that being said, I just went to a place called Black uh, Backwoods Brewing Company. Uh, they originally, actually, they started in Carson, Washington, and I drove drove by this a bunch going up into the Gifford Pinshaw, and uh, this will all connect, I promise. And because I was heading towards this hike that I'm actually going to tell you guys about, about places that I go, and I would always see back uh, Backwoods Brewing Company, and they sell this shirt, they have this shirt in their window, and a coworker of mine, a fisherman's used to wear this all the time. It was called it's. It was like the straight out of Compton shirt, black with the white white block lettering. 
and then instead of being straight out of Compton, it just said straight out of Carson. And I thought that was kind of kind of funny because this dude was pretty hillbilly. And uh, so it kind of fit him perfectly. But I thought, like, oh, that's such a cool... I, I don't know, that's kind of a cool homage. Um, and I, Carson is kind of an interesting... It's, it's an interesting town. That whole area, the Skamania County, That's it's very... I think it's a very unique area because it's right there in the middle of the gorge. And I, I love, absolutely love the gorge. And anyway, uh, Kylie's sister uh, from Medford was in town and we were looking to go out to dinner. And I'm like, and I was looking up just best brew pub, brew pubs in Portland. And uh, I, which is funny because like I don't drink and, but I love the atmosphere of brew pubs. I just, I like going to pubs. I, one, I think they have, if you can find the right, the, the right ones, they have really good food. The atmosphere is good. Um, it's just a cool aesthetic and, um, Backwoods Brewing Company actually opened a, they opened a, a branch or like it in downtown Portland in the Pearl and we went there and great food. I had a Cuban sandwich. They didn't have a club, which was unfortunate. Um, but they had a Cuban sandwich, which is probably my second favorite sandwich. And that was amazing. Came with tater tots. I probably gained five pounds after eating it, but it was, oh my gosh, it was so good. Highly recommend, uh, Backwoods Brewing Company. In, uh, in Carson or in downtown Portland in the Pearl District. Anywho, um, when I was driving through Carson, like four times I was trying to get to this hike, and it was called it's called Falls Creek Falls, and it's up in the Gifford Pinshaw off of the Wind River Highway. And Apple Maps, for four straight times, sent me up completely the wrong road like for miles off the wrong road. And every time I would hit snow and I would never, I would always think, oh, I just, excuse me, I couldn't get to the trailhead because the snow was in my way. Well, finally I went up there last year, last summer, and before dark thinking like, oh, I have plenty of time. I'll just be on the trailhead. I'll know where I'm going. Well, it turns out Apple Maps had completely taken me to the wrong place. The place they told me was the start of the trailhead wasn't actually even close. And I got lost up there and I got lost and it was completely dark. I, it, I didn't get back to my car in time. It was pitch dark. My phone died. I had no GPS. So thankfully, I knew the area just well enough from all of the other times I had wandered around there in Carson, trying uh, in the Gifford up on the forest roads. I was able to kind of figure out where I was. And finally, after like two hours of like honestly being scared to death, found my way back to my car. Um, and I vowed, I'm like, I'm not going back there for at least a year well this last weekend i just well i took tuesday off because kylie and i had a uh, our anatomy scan for uh, baby wells which by the way i finally i did get my hudson's bay company flag in the mail today it's as cool or as lame as i thought it was going to be and it's probably as lame as everybody else thought it was going to be but uh because um wells's middle name is hudson i now not copying cj's son's name although that's a badass name uh hudson because one i went to hudson's bay high school uh for vancouver is very um it's one of my favorite places to go as a as a kid and even now as an adult um and it's i mean it's the beginning of vancouver and i just wanted something um for my kid to be like to tie his name uh to this area regardless of where he goes in his life he'll always have part of his name tying him back to this amazing town that we call home um with hudson being part of the you know the homage being to the hudson's bay company um so that was really uh 
the the middle giving him that middle name kind of meant a lot to me but uh i wanted to get this hudson's bay company flag and i i i bartered and i bartered and i made and i just kept dropping subtle hints and jokes about trying to get kylie to put it on our baby registry and finally somebody bought it for us and it came in the mail today and i could not be more stoked it's huge it's four foot by six foot i which i think i really underestimated on the amazon website how big that was going to be Oh my god, I don't I don't think I can I can't fly it off of our house because there is no un, unless it's like it's the size of a flag that would go on a flagpole that's mounted to the ground. It's not one of the ones you can put off your front door. Um like on those like little angled ones that you see like on picketed fence houses in uh middle in any town America. Um no, it's this is like straight flagpole big flag. And I have no idea where I'm going to put this thing, but that's the least of my worries because right now I have a Hudson's Bay Company flag, which is so cool. Um, it has the Union Jack in the corner and then H, uh, HB, which are connected. Um, the, the B comes off of the second pillar of the H and then C um, in the right bottom corner. It's red. It looks great. It's an amazing flag. Uh, could not be more excited. Anyway, where was I? Oh, um getting lost uh, i was up driving through the uh so this time i'm like i'm gonna take google map i'm gonna download a google maps and google maps of course takes me right to the trailhead and uh it's called falls creek falls it's if you take the wind river highway out of carson so you take highway 14 to carson uh go into cars go like through the town of carson up the which is just the main drag there turns into the wind river highway you drive that into the gifford um pinshaw national forest area you'll see it's a big sign as uh, soon as you get to the fish hatchery past the fish hatchery the next right is the um the next right that isn't into like a private property the next right is uh, forest road 30 drive forest road 30 for about 500 feet take a ride up a gravel road where it says falls creek falls trailhead this way i mean I, how apple maps didn't get me there is is insane uh but um I went up there, finally did this hike. It was beautiful. It was a perfect day. I had the dogs with me, um, which is still crazy. Like there was still a f- quite a few people on the trail, even for a random Tuesday afternoon. But taking the day off, it was so nice to be able to get out. Um, just me and the dogs kind of reset my mind, get my have my camera out. Um, I got what I kind of consider like a core photo, like one of the I have like seven eight nine photos that are like i think that are really really good quality and uh, i i was able to add to like my core photo collection today with uh, the pictures of the falls it's a big cascading 350 foot like multi-tiered waterfall um just absolutely beautiful and the whole the whole hike is is along falls creek and the right now because of the spring uh runoff it the water is just gush it's just gushing through that canyon and it's 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 such a serene place highly recommend going probably would stay away from the weekends right now especially if it's a nice weekend it's going to be really really busy but or either go early in the morning or go late in the evening definitely stay away from there in the middle of the day um but i think we're such a creature's a habit that it, it gets easy to never want to go to the same like to try new places and that's something i always have to kind of force myself to do because i like what i mean i like my normal hikes there's like three or four that I absolutely love and I go back all the time to like I was thinking well you know I could just do Hamilton Mountain or um 
I can go do Spirit Falls again, or I can go do Wakina, something like that. Go up to Mount Hood and go hike, um, go hike up to uh, to uh, Ramona Falls. But I was like, I'm gonna, I, I wanted to challenge myself to go to some, to go to some place new, um, get myself out of the rut, go experience something different, and uh, that's what I did. And um, I thought that it really worked out. So I challenge you guys, anybody who's listening, this weekend, um, go out, do something, go to a place you've never been before. Like I went to Blackwoods Brewing Company for dinner, uh, and I went to Falls Creek Falls. So this takes me to the next one, which is things that bug me. And I think this kind of ties into uh, hiking a bit, because one of the things that I experienced on the trail on Tuesday was something that I don't know why it bugs me. It probably shouldn't. It's going to come across as really douchey, so I apologize ahead of time. But I get really, like, I get annoyed when I see people on a pretty, like, objectively easy trail with like the full get up, the full hiking get up, right? A brand new like Marmot, uh, matching Marmot clothes. Uh, they've got like the big, big backpack for like a round trip, like four mile hike. Um, and then the double hiking poles. Like I get it. Some people have balance issues. Having a pole there for stability, I, I, it, it makes sense. Like we're, we're not, we aren't all as nimble or as uh, sturdy-footed as as us, and as it, it, like not every like I'm thankfully pretty sturdy and and quick on my feet, uh, so I generally don't hike with with I've never hiked with poles, uh, but there are people who need them, so I don't I don't I'm not trying to come across as, as judgy, although I probably am, and I do judge them, uh, but uh, whatever. But I passed somebody, I passed, it was a couple, and they were, it was like, they, they dressed up specifically to look good, and they were both rocking double hiking poles on, if you've ever hiked this hike, or if you go there, you'll know what I'm talking about, it is pretty flat. There is like maybe one area that has a decent incline for maybe a quarter mile max at the most otherwise it's like flat gradual incline flat gradual incline and like over like the three miles to the falls you get like yeah you'll gain a little bit of you'll gain elevation but you're not gaining it at a rapid pace right it's a it's a pretty gradual like plateau slight increase plateau slight increase and eventually once you get there you've gained a a few hundred feet in elevation but it's never like there's, there wasn't really any place that I think most people um, would be struggling, and it's a pretty well-maintained and pretty well-worn path. There really isn't any areas where there's loose rocks or there none of the trail is really washed out in any way. So seeing somebody with, like, the two hiking, trekking poles, and I'm just like, you are out there specifically to look like you are from an L.L. Bean, like, commercial or you like, I don't, I, I just like, whatever, we're all, we're all out there enjoying nature, but I'm like, you're more, I just feel like that mentality, you're more concerned with the, uh, with the way you look than you are with actually hiking and enjoying nature. Because one of the, in one of the, the, the funniest things I had to laugh to myself is like, they had to have passed this person because I, pa- I, I passed them and they were coming back towards the parking lot and I was heading towards the falls so we passed each other and then when I got to the falls 
right as I was getting to the falls, I saw a, a family, a young family getting to the falls just ahead of me. And with them was a, uh, they had a daughter who was maybe, maybe six, maybe seven, uh, walking pretty much basically by herself, unassisted, no poles. Um, and she made it all the way to the falls, carrying her own little backpack. She had like this Barbie backpack thing and she got to the falls um without trekking poles and then you've got like gladys and phil who uh were anyway um it just it made me laugh because i wonder what was going through their heads seeing a seven-year-old with a barbie backpack not needing poles and then there's these two who are not they're not old they weren't old um, they were probably middle-aged, like maybe early 40s, walking with the full like gate, like the full gaiters. They had the trekking poles. Um, they had micro spikes like hooked to their bags in case you know they needed to spike up on their boots. It was just, it was just a very interesting uh, thing to see. And those are always the like the the double trekking pole people are always the ones that always make my life difficult on the trail. Because one, like, they don't move over. Like, a lot of times, like, when I'm hiking, especially on Mount Hood, getting further and further up in elevation, then the trails get narrower and narrower to the point where, like, you have to, you have to would walk off the trail and into the bush to get around people if they don't, like, stop and move. Most of the time I experience the two pole hike, like, the two trekking pole hikers, they, they're, like, they're like the the guy that drives uh, below the speed limit in the middle lane or the speed limit in the left lane, and then just like I this is, and then they just pick their lane and they don't care whatever whatever's going around around them. They're there, and you can deal with them. I feel like it's the same mentality with the the two trekking pole hiker person, and they are so annoying because I can never get around them. And I usually, I mean, I always hike with Bo. Sometimes I'm hiking with Tucker. So when it's like me, Tucker, and Bo together, and it's a super narrow trail, and they're not moving, and I have to like try to speed walk and pick my spot to kind of get around them and then they like glare at me because how dare I walk faster than them it's like well maybe you would walk faster if you weren't too busy like sticking your poles in the ground like come on bro um anyway those people bug me that whole thing bugs me sorry that's just one thing that's just one thing that bugs me and that's my thought on that that had to fit with the theme of the episode so like some of the other things that like I shouldn't I don't know really say bug me but those of you who have like been around me and you know me um I get I'm a um I'm a pretty like which is funny because I, I mean I'm doing a podcast and I'm here sitting here talking for an hour um about myself and my thoughts but I'm a pretty like I'm a pretty reserved person and a lot of things really trigger my anxiety a lot. And uh, so I just I really like to kind of I like predictability. I like I like what I like and just kind of just kind of let me stay in my lane and just let me let me do my thing. Right. And so when I get put into social situations where it's really pushing those limits, it's like it's really anxiety inducing and like really like it's a lot for me. And one thing like I think it's always interesting is when you go to dinner 
you go to you go to get something to eat like at a sit down restaurant or even like even like I guess going to any restaurant you order and you like everybody has their own routines right with how they order how they interact with wait staff um, and it's so interesting to me because like I think you you pick up really quickly and like you learn I think you learn a lot or you just maybe not necessarily learn a lot but there's so many different ways that people will interact with with like serve like servers and that can be really like, for me that can be really really hard because I want like I have my own way of kind of handling like of of handling things and then when that gets kind of taken from me I really start to kind of flip out I'll give you an example uh Kylie and I were at a a dinner uh, a couple months ago for her her friend one of her closest friends from high school's birthday and I I knew one of the other couples because it was one of Kylie's other friends and like I've we've I've known them since high school as well uh but I didn't know anybody else at the table and we were kind of sat. It was funny because Kylie's friend purposely sat us there with like at the end of the table with her boyfriend, who's also like has a lot of social anxiety. So it was like the end of the table was all this, like all the people who uh, just are like the socially anxious people. And then everybody, all then the fun crowd down at the other end, which I was totally happy and thankful to be at the, <laughs> at the, uh, at the, at the loser's end. But um, the, not that I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to make that sound like, uh, Kylie's friend's boyfriend is, is a, I, I get along with him really well. He's a great guy. Really, really funny. And, uh, kind of my, my style of sense of humor, which is kind of a quiet sense of humor, which I really, I, anyway, we both, we both, all three of us really kind of understood the assignment. We're like we're here because we, <laughs> because we're basically like the same type of person when it comes to social situations. And it was a lot more comfortable to be seated with, seated with those kind of people. But there was one particular person who was going to speak for the entire table about when we order, what we order, what we're, what we're all getting. And it was, and those of you who listened to my story about uh, my experience at Dos Alas, which is supposed to be some sort of communal eating practice where you order things not for yourself but you order them for the table and i'm telling you with somebody with social anxiety having something that is ordered for the table then all of a sudden you're supposed to share food i can't i cannot if you suffer from it too i'm sure you you are picturing the situation in your mind and it's and it's you're probably getting secondhand anxiety from it i can't explain to you how panicky I was with that whole situation and how much I instantly hated everything that was going on because I'm like I want to order my chicken and I want to eat my chicken off of my plate I don't want to do sharing because that's just a lot I'm a very passive person so I won't end up eating anything because I won't want to like I have this weird thing I won't take the last of something and I think Kylie has kind of this is uh Kylie and I just went to dinner at Jersey Mike's earlier today and um we uh we bought a cookie to split and neither I think she's adopted this because I never noticed her do this before but i think she's like adopted it because i do it i will never take the last of something um i will always leave if there's one left i will not take it because i don't want to be that guy to have taken the last of something unless it's offered to me and then i'll i'll then sometimes i will excuse me i'll be yawning again 
Where does Jeff to make fun of me? Um, the so we had this. We were sharing a cookie, and Kylie and I legitimately kept breaking off smaller and small. I, we weren't. We didn't even. I don't. We weren't even doing it as a joke. It was just something we noticed. I, we were we were picking off smaller and smaller pieces of the little chunk that was left, and I'm like, finally, I'm like. One of us has just got to finish this thing. <laughs> like, you got to be kidding me. We're literally taking off ant size pieces of a cookie right now to not be the last, to be the one to take something, the last of something. So take that mentality and then put it in a communal eating with people I don't know. And I'm supposed to be sharing food, like sharing plates with it all. And like, I'm like, it, it was a nightmare for me, a complete nightmare. And there was this one guy and he was just like, oh, we're just going to get this all for the table. And he kept making this like mo- hand motioning thing. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to murder this guy. I am. He's like, I'm like, why are you putting me in this situation? And I was just so, oh my God, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I like, I don't understand like why, 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 why are we doing this? Like, <laughs> we're Americans, we order our own food, and that's what we do. That, like, that's the American culture that I'm used to, and that's what I, how I want to eat it. I, I, I don't know, I, to each their own. If that's what they enjoy, they wanted to all do that, but I'm like, oh my god, never again. I can never do that. But on the other, on the other flip side is that when you go to dinner with some people, and they're like, they're rude to the weight stuff, like, that is so, un- that's so uncomfortable, because I'm like overly, I'm overly nice because I, I don't know, it's just, I, I have this fear because I don't want people to dislike me. Like, I'm overly, like, I don't, because I've worked in customer service. I've never worked in food, but I worked in customer service. And service people don't want to hear your random stories. They just don't. That way, like, when I hear the old guy, um, and it's always an old guy, just telling the poor waitress some stupid story that's like three quarters of the way made up and he's like trying to get a laugh and, you, and they the because the girl is needs it is like working for tips like fake laughs too or they're just because they're uncomfortable they don't know what else to do they laugh um it's just like dude i never want to be that guy so i'm like i'm polite but i'm not gonna for i mean i'm trying to really be conscious of not like not being overly needy not like waving some like i i will like if someone if I order food and it comes out wrong. I have never sent food back. I will literally eat whatever they put in front of me. And I'm a picky eater. So, like, there's been times where, like, I got the wrong thing. And I'm like, well, I either suck it up or I just don't eat it, right? And I'm like, because I'm I'm so anxious. I don't want people to, um, not because I'm altruistic. I'm like, oh, I want to be a nice person. It's just, for the most part, I am just so socially anxious that I don't want. And, I like, I'm so worried about people uh, thinking badly of me that I'm overly nice. Um, but it's always interesting to me when you go to dinner with someone and, uh, like they're, they're like rude or short or, uh, they don't make eye contact with, uh, with the, with the, like with the server when they first come to the table and introduce themselves. Um, it's always, that's always just, that's a weird, it's, it's, that's a weird dynamic. That's like a really weird dynamic. And I think that's a lot of, a lot of reasons why Kylie and I pretty much only go to dinner with each other now is because um we're so kind of just only comfortable in the ways that we do it uh like like how we I, I don't know it's just weird it's just like that's just kind of I don't know it's just a it's a weird dynamic going out to eat with going out to eat with people if you have social anxiety can be just such a 
like daunting task that by the end of it I just need to completely unwind and go home and take a nap like it, it it's such a it's such a uh, production and performance uh, that it's just it's a lot I don't know I, I I don't know I'm just rambling hopefully that makes some sense hopefully there's some people who like hear that and they resonate with it uh, but um, anyway, that's, uh, that's usually, uh, where my mind is when I'm, um, when I'm eating is just like, um, okay, when I need to make sure like I, um, like, I, I don't want to bug, I don't want to bug for a refill. I don't want to, um, if they forgot my ranch that I ordered with my fries, like it doesn't come. Speaking of that, ranch with fries, is that a thing? Like I didn't start, I didn't start doing that until I started eating, uh, dating Kylie. And, uh, now I pretty much if I if I get like a like a sauce for my fries anywhere I go, I ask for a side of ranch. Um, I don't it, it, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Anybody? If hopefully there's other people out there who do that. I think ranch has become a. I feel like ranch has become a bigger thing, especially with like millennial generation. Um, I think it's a much bigger and more prevalent side. Anyway, um, campfire sauce. I think that's Red Robin. That's okay. Red Robin also has a uh, honey poppy seed, and I've been getting that recently when I go to Red Robin. I used to go to Red Robin a lot more. Don't go as much anymore. Um, it's hard when you've had really, really good hamburgers from other places, and then you go back to um, like the the chain restaurants, the Applebee's, the uh, the Red Robins, uh, TGI Fridays sell a thing. Um, I'm not really sure how on earth I ate at Applebee's as much as I did as a kid. I ate, I used growing up when I was like out of high school or just in, into my early twenties, I went to Applebee's all of the time, um, with my friends. And I mean, when you're 22 years old and you don't really know good food, Applebee's is great because one, it used to be cheap. You could go there after nine o'clock. They had this whole thing. It's like you could get half price appetizers if you ordered a drink. So we would go there and get frozen lemonades and an order of like uh, of uh, buffalo wings. And they're like the Tyson uh, buffalo wings that they would just smother in some smother in some sauce and call it buffalo and whatever it was good when you're 22 and it's 10 30 at night and you have nothing else to do but go home and play call of duty but uh I, yeah i went we kylie and i went there not too long ago and i'm like oh my god like this is just micro it's literally just microwave food and um yeah i <laughs> uh i got to, we got to eat quite a bit but there's 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 definitely there's as I've gotten older, I've definitely noticed that there is a there is a line of food that I just I, I just I don't I can't pay for anymore. If I'm just going to if it's just like between Applebee's and eating from home, I would just rather go home and, and cook myself because I've actually started cooking. Those of you who listened last week um, would know that uh, cooking is a relatively new thing for me, but I'm so excited. One, because I like spices. I was in Walmart the other day. And I was uh, wheeling my cart down one of the main aisles, like down like one of the main aisles heading towards the lawn stuff because I was looking for a weed whacker. And um, which reminds me, I had to take a weed whacker back to uh, Harbor Freight because I was an idiot and I didn't realize that the weed whacker didn't come with the battery or battery charger. And I was like, oh, sweet deal. It's only 50 bucks, whereas Walmart was like 90. But the Walmart one came with a battery and a battery charger. I didn't think to look at the Harbor Freight box that said um battery and charger sold separately which is like another 70 dollars for the unit combined so i'll go take that back anyway i was heading 
back to Walmart. I was heading down the uh, I was heading down the aisle, and I'm just wheeling and wheeling my cart along, and I see this big bin, and it was an like halter skirt, and it was like on sale spices. Now it's great value, which is Walmart's brand. So I start looking through there. And they've got like Italian spices, which I think is like a mixture of like oregano, um, basil, maybe. I don't know. Just a bunch of like random green leaf spices all thrown into a thing and just called Italian seasoning. There was like ginger, no, onion powder. It was like only four or five different ones. But that's like my the whole reason why I've got into cooking is because I like mixing spices. And I'm so proud of my spice cupboard right now. I have just I have been playing around with basil and oregano and uh, cumin and coriander. Uh, I have got um, some different uh, mixed seasonings that I've been using, um, and I it's just I like cooking now because I can collect seasonings and collecting uh, is definitely something that has always been kind of like a part of me. I collect everything i collected beanie babies as a kid still have my collection um i have i i collected hot wheels i think at my height before we my my parent my dad sold them when they sold the our my like childhood home when i was uh, a couple years ago i had my uh, hot wheel collection in the basement and it, it totaled um about four thousand hot wheels maybe a little bit more than that uh, but it was a huge collection um I like collecting things. I like having, um, I don't know, I just like getting full sets of stuff. So the the part of cooking where it's like getting to mix and match and collect spices has been like the main driver for my cooking. It's like, ooh, I could add that spice to my collection and I can use that in conjunction with this and it's going to make it this cool concoction. And otherwise, like that's what's fun to me for cooking I guess not necessarily the end product, although I mean I like eating, but I think the the spices part of it is like my favorite thing to do with uh, with cooking. Anyway, so I, I, I skirt and I stop and I like I pulled a uh, one of the most annoying things is when people like stop right in the middle of the, the aisle and then they they don't move because I got um, I got really side eyed by these uh, two women who were not happy that my cart was in the middle of the aisle while I was digging through the discount spice bin. And um, Kylie apologized and moved my cart out of the way, to which they said uh, I had a very um, sarcastic or passive-aggressive thanks as Kylie moved my, my cart out of the way. But to be to be fair, it was a wide enough aisle that even with my cart being there, which was completely pushed over to one side, half of the aisle was still open. They could have walked around it, but they chose to um, be passive-aggressive about the whole situation. But that being said, I probably would do the same thing. Um so as I like, so um, as I'm, I've been flipping through this uh, list of a hundred great topics. Uh, I got through the because it was for adults and kids. I got to the kids section, and uh, one that kind of uh, stopped me here. A ninety-five is ghosts. Now I'm convinced that my newest, like my the house that Kylie and I and the dogs just moved into, uh, which is in Ridgefield, it's kind of an older um, farmhouse, and uh, it was. Not the the original owner was like an old lady, and nobody will give me a firm answer on whether she died in the house or not, which I'm pretty sure means that she did. Uh, so, uh, and people always say like dogs can like sense stuff. Well, Kylie got up in the middle of the night last two nights ago, and she said that Bo 
was uh, who's my golden retriever. One of my golden retrievers was sitting straight up, staring away from the bed down the hallway, like straight paranormal activity golden retriever stuff. For those of you who've seen that movie, that movie fucked me up. And I don't watch scary movies because I grew up Catholic, and so that shit was like real and was like preached, and like that's the kind of stuff that was like in the bite, like, um, like the Catholic Church. Like every time there's a scary movie, there's always a Catholic priest. And he always dies. And so I'm, like, convinced, like, this shit's, like, coming for me. And then to hear that, like, Bo is just, like, staring into, like, the, the black hallway. Just staring. I mean, I feel like there's ghosts in my house. There's all these, like, little crawl spaces. Like, little, like, cubbies in all the rooms. Like, the room I'm sitting in right now recording this. There are two, like, cubbies that just go back. Like, I don't even know how far they go back. But they're just, like, filled with, they were, like, filled with, like, random shit. And I kid you not there was like my sister when we first moved in here found one that like with like in one of the the uh, cubby things um it said uh, i had a note that said that said tell jacob i said hi now i go by jake but the ghost doesn't know that they could have just looked at my records and been like jacob because that's technically my legal name maybe the ghost looked up my public records and like jacob and then wrote me a note i don't know all i know is that i have been afraid of goats my whole life i'm like my my parents growing up when i was growing up living like in my parents in the old house in uh on columbia street in vancouver i i was convinced that that house was haunted because there was some stuff that i could just that happened that i could just not explain and i would all the time i would be down in the basement and i would i would i would feel like there was something like watching me and then i would like bolt as fast as i could run i'd run up the stairs as fast as possible and i mean i'm sure i look like a complete freak but i mean that that feeling was real and i constantly feel like in this house i feel like i'm being watched so if i walk if i wind up dead under mysterious circumstances one probably was kylie two might have been Bo out of jealousy because i pet tucker too much or three it was definitely the ghosts in this house so I kind of moved um, to a different list, and this is uh, this list is called 57 Killer Conversation Starters, so you can start a conversation with anyone, anytime. And I think this is supposed to be like some form of, I don't know, um, like, I think it's supposed to be some kind of, like, party conversation starter because let me let me tell you uh this is there's some if some people if someone walked up to me and tried to start a conversation with me by asking me a couple of these things i would tell them to straight f off like one was um what's your story if someone walked i mean no joke if someone walked up to me and was like uh so uh what's your story i'd be like fuck off like dude what how how is that how you would under what circumstances anybody actually ever walked up to somebody they don't know um, of the same? I guess maybe that would be something if you're trying to pick up, if you're trying to pick somebody up, like you think, I don't know, you're trying to go on a date with somebody, you're trying to ask somebody out and start a conversation because there's you, you're attracted to them. I guess that's one thing. But if you're just like, if there's like, it's like a plutonic relationship thing and you just want to start a conversation with somebody random at a party and you just go, what's your story? I, oof, God, that would, that would just, I, I don't know, that, that question would straight piss me off. Um, what personal passion project are you working on right now? I mean, I, is that a conversation starter? I feel like that's something you ask somebody you already know. Um, 
How do you know the host? I guess that makes sense. What was the highlight of your day today? I I don't know. Would that be something that you would legitimately ask? I don't think I could ever see myself walking up to being like, Hey, what was the, uh, hey, uh, nice party, huh? So, tell me, what was the highlight of your day today? Like, I, I, how, what kind of stilted question is that? I would come across as just so, ugh. Um, what was the highlight of your week? Have you been to an event like this before? What was the high point and the low point of your day so far? The guy's just, okay, whoever wrote this shit list, I mean, basically has asked the same question three times in the last nine killer conversation starters. Has um, this been a busy time for you? How's that drink? Having fun? What are you doing this weekend? None of your business. What are your favorite restaurants around here? Um, the answer isn't... What is my favorite restaurant? Hmm. I'm, I really like Margarita Factory right now. Because I like tacos. And they have really good tacos. Um, keeping up with blank sport. TV show news blank recently? Okay. Um, I mean, sports, am I right? Can you recommend any unique cocktails, appetizers, desserts here? All the food looks so good. I'm not sure what to get. What are you thinking? Or or what have you tried? God. Do people actually talk to people? That's one thing. Like, I don't... I don't talk to people. I don't really want to talk to people. Uh, I have a very, like, close-knit group of friends. And that's just kind of me. I, I don't know. Maybe this, maybe this list is made for people who are already... Um, type a personalities people who are very uh, extroverted but i don't see anybody who is an introvert going with any of these conversation starters if i'm wrong let me know like message me or comment um i just i can't see myself ever asking any of this to somebody that i've any like i wasn't trying to go on a date with who's your role model um is there a charitable cause you support um, I'm a bit nervous about the blank. Have you ever done it before? What on earth? Um, has it been the best thing about what has been the best thing about working here? I don't, I, yeah, whatever. I don't really. Conversation starters for a first date. Let's see how this one goes. What job did you want to do when you were a kid? Uh, maybe they wanted to be an astronaut or a vet. You can ask follow up questions too. Are they still interested in space studies? What changed when they grew up? Do they love the job they are in now? These are very prodding questions and would come I think would come across as kind of judgmental. Like, oh, so I saw I hear you wanted to be an astronaut growing up. What made you give up on your dreams? I'm sure you didn't really want to be an accountant or a secretary. Like I don't I don't understand like I don't I don't yeah, whatever. Maybe it's just because I my parents um, have always been very neighborly. Always wanted a tight community with their neighborhood. Growing up, um, we had block. We had a, like a block party every summer with our neighbors. Uh, we would do like a joint um, yard sale with all of the, like, where we would coordinate having yard like a yard sale. We'd always have like Christmas and Halloween parties at, um, at various houses where everybody like the whole neighborhood would be invited. So it was like a very neighborly thing. And now that I live on my own, and ever since I've like moved out of my parents' house. 
I want like I want nothing to do with my neighbors. <laughs> Not because I don't like them. I have no idea who they are. It's kind of like the Ron Swanson thing. It's like uh, he's like I once worked with a guy and never learned his name. Best friend I ever had. We still never talk sometimes. I resonate with that. I mean, Ron Swanson one is a legend on like he's a legendary character on TV. But like I resonate with that so much because my 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 parents are always talking about all of the stuff that's going on in the neighborhood. And I'm like, why? Why do you talk to your neighbors? Like I I just, I want to go home and I want to be in my house. I I I don't know. I I just I am a very um I can't think of anything worse than having to go to awkward social situations with your neighbors, which is why I guess when I'm reading through this conversation starter thing, I'm just like I can't ever see myself asking anybody those questions because I wouldn't want anybody asking me those questions. I don't know. I I honestly I don't know how to respond if someone came up to me and was like what is the low point of your week? I would be like, I don't know, going to work. Work sucks. Like, who wants to go to work? Oh, cool. And then you just stand there and awkwardly chew. Like, ugh, no thank you. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think before we go, um, I just want to give kind of my random thoughts on a few different topics. Uh, then we'll, we'll call it. A, you guys have listened to me ramble for an hour and four minutes at this point. So I, uh, I appreciate you guys sticking it out. If you've lasted this long, uh, on a, on a much more down note, um, the Supreme court draft decision, uh, to overturn, uh, Roe v. Wade, which would end abortion protections, essentially end abortion protections nationwide. It would allow States to, uh, to pass laws, basically restricting, completely restricting abortion, uh, full stop. Uh, it's, it's, that's a devastating decision. And it's, a, it's, and as, as, as a white male who is really has never experienced any sort of, um, discrimination based on, uh, sex or, or race or gender, uh, I, 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 I can't really fully understand what uh, women, what's going through the minds of women right now. And I wouldn't pretend to, I just, uh, I, I'm angry. I'm angry for them. I'm angry for where, like what that, what this decision symbolizes. And I, I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to, to fight for it, to point out the hypocrisies and the injustices of it all, uh, to do my part, to make sure that, um, there are protections passed by the legislative body because that's what Samuel Alito, the one, the, the Supreme Court justice who wrote the the draft decision saying that this shouldn't have been, uh, Roe v. Wade shouldn't have been something that, abortion shouldn't have been something that decided by the courts. This needs to be turned back over to, rep, to rep, elected representatives, whether in the states or uh, at the federal level, basically saying that we should go back to Congress to pass protections, which is such a scapegoat way of, such a scapegoat to do that. Um, is it, it the logic doesn't make sense there's a lot of holes it can poke into and i think jeff and i will get into it next week um in more depth where because i think this is something that needs to be fleshed out with multiple people multiple convert like through like an in more in-depth conversation instead of just me uh, in my own echo chamber right here uh but that logic just honestly doesn't make sense from alito and there's nothing saying that if the congress if the federal Congress did pass uh, federal abortion protections, that uh, there wouldn't be a challenge by a state that would then go to the Supreme Court and would say that the 
by whatever means that the federal government passed it, that that is unconstitutional. They could just turn around and find abortion unconstitutional again, that the law that the federal government passed. So, I mean, I find Alito's argument to be like just the basis of his argument um, to be uh, to not really hold much merit. It doesn't have a whole lot of weight to it. But um, that's that's the that, that's just kind of my thoughts on that. I, I am just I'm angry. I'm angry that this is it's come to this. I'm angry that our, our country um, like something that has should have been settled. It was settled law, regardless of my own personal beliefs on abortion, which don't matter because I'm a, like I, it just my, my own opinions don't matter. Like I don't really even have an like I don't really have an opinion on it uh, because it's, it's not my opinion to have. Uh, I'm not a, I'm not a woman. I would never, I would never, I would never make that choice. I mean, I, 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 I'll never have to make that choice. So I don't really get that opinion and that's totally, that's totally fine. And that's a hundred percent the way it should be. And so I, I just, but I can have an opinion on this case. And I, I think this case is, um, it, it's, it's heartbreaking and, and I, and I feel, I feel scared. I feel sorry for, and I feel angry, um, for, uh, for the people who are going to be affected by this. And it's just, um, it's just, it's just, it's just another, it's just another thing in, in, in our politics that is just so defeating. It just feels defeating. Um, but on a slightly uh, happier note, I guess, is the follow up, um, Emmanuel Macron, uh, something I talked about a couple weeks ago, which was the uh, the French election. Uh, Emmanuel Macron uh, did win uh, re-election um, by about twenty points, which was a pretty wide margin um, in the French in the French runoff election, which is good. I had that pretty much. Uh, there was his 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 um, his opponent uh, Marie Le Pen, uh, who is very much uh, isolationist very pro-Russia, um, anti-NATO, anti-European, uh, unification would real that would really just destabilize the con the continent politically, uh, geopolitically, militarily, uh, because she's talked about pulling out of, uh, the, the collective defense alliance of NATO, um, at least the military aspect of it. So that, I mean, that, that would weaken, NATO to an extent to where like at a point where it needs to be strengthened. So I think there is a lot to be regardless of the, even though Lapon did make strides from 2017 to today like to 2012, I mean 2022, she did increase her vote share, but uh still by losing by 20 points still shows that majority of France uh values uh, I guess it just came down to rationality versus irrationality, logic versus illogic, uh, populism versus um, populism versus uh, realism, and I, I'm glad that they, uh, I'm glad that France made that choice to reelect Macron. Um, I mean, he's not pop, he's not particularly popular with anybody, uh, but I think that's kind of a good place to be. Is when you're when you're not liked by anybody, I think you're kind of right in the middle, and that tends to be kind of a good place to be. And I guess kind of the last thing, um, and I think Jeff and I will talk about this more in depth next week, is the fact that Elon Musk purchased Twitter, which can be problematic. A lot of people were freaking out about it. A lot of people were thinking that, oh, this is the change that we need. Uh, Trump is going to get back on Twitter. He's going to really promote free speech. And I don't think it's going to be, I don't, I don't think it's going to be as bad as anybody uh, as anybody thinks, as some people think. And I don't think it's going to be the wet dream that other people think, think that it's going to be. Um 
I, I have a hard time. I, I don't particularly, I mean, I think the, the amount of power and influence that a select few oligarchs essentially have the, the, the multi-billionaires, uh, how much power they control and their increase uh, percentage of the market share of the, of like the grand market, the, the macro market share is increasingly problematic uh, going in, especially in the hand, like that much power in the hands of just, just a few. And they're not, I mean, they're not elected officials and they, they wield that much power. And especially to have to now for a singular guy to basically control one of the largest um, free, like one of the mar- largest uh, mediums for expression and speech worldwide can be problematic and but at the same time the free market here in me i i don't know necessarily this is necessarily a bad thing um if he's truly going to promote free speech and because i do think that it 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 is i i do think that is a problem i think i mean i i know the i know the argument of like free speech like free speech like reper like repercussions for for Social repercussions for the stuff you say is not infringing on your free speech. I, I get all of that. I, I completely understand it. But I do think that there has been um, some, I think there has been in practice, not like the legal definition of free speech, but there really has been uh, a limiting of, of speech on social media. And I think that I, 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 the, the free marketeer in me, I think is a, it's, it's a good thing. But the, the conservative in me also understands that one of the one of the hallmarks of institutions as the individual, whether it's a political institution, a religious institution, um, a social institution, the individual cannot business, uh, the, the individual, like the individual at top, the king, the, the, the person who controls it, uh, cannot be bigger than the institution itself. That's a very lib- that is a, that is a quintessential, like liberal democracy, um, democratic, uh, capitalist democratic uh political political economic way of thinking about things is that the the individual can't be bigger than the institution so as long as like as, lo- as long as uh, musk doesn't make twitter a tool for his own self-aggrandizement and and using it as a tool to push his own political agenda and he does truly believe in the altruistic um, nature of free speech and he wants to promote Twitter that way I think that it's I think that could be a good thing uh, so I'm not I'm not as against it as I think a lot of people are I do think it, it we it's a wait and see thing um, I, I found the 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 first initial reaction of people flipping the f out about it to be to be a little over the top and kind of annoying uh, but I also found the people thinking that he's that musk is going to be somehow their savior musk is also a businessman at the same time time and he understands that like i think a lot of things if uh, as with a lot of things if he wants the app to be carried um by the devices that where the apps have to be downloaded those companies still have their term their own terms of use and their own their own uh their own standards and 
I mean, I think ultimately Musk is a businessman and he is going to do what is best for his business. So if there's something that is going to hurt his business, uh, I don't know if necessarily he chooses to go down that road. So uh, I I don't think it's going to be, like I said before, I don't think it's going to be as bad or as good as as, uh, the two different very opposite sides of the the Twitter echo chambers think it was going to be. So um, I think that's kind of my last little thought of the day. Thank you guys so much for... um, Sticking with me, hearing me out, uh, Jake's thoughts 1.0. Hopefully you guys had some good laughs. Um, I don't even know if this was even funny, but uh, I had a good time. This was kind of, if anything, helped soothe my own conscience and about a lot of the things that have been floating around in this uh, head of mine that never seems to be quiet. So uh, thank you guys again. You've listened to Say What You Mean. I'm Jake. We'll talk to you next week.